Yo, it's Stu here. Got a good episode for you today. Going to talk a little bit about a fun partnership we struck up with the people over at 312 Pizza. We'll get a little bit into that. We'll talk about college football, NFL football. We'll talk a little bit about Jay Cutler found himself in the news this week. So y'all enjoy the show. Check us out at thevillageidiotpv.com. Yo, it's the Village Idiot Podcast, back from a huge hiatus, what it feels like to be a giant hiatus. Jeff was yelling at me every day that we need to push out more. I think that's just because he missed talking to me, but he won't admit that because he's not even paying attention right now. Uh-huh. Hey, Jeff. What's up, Stu? <laughs> What's up, bro? How to- you doing, bud? <laughs> I'm good. He wants to have one every day because he's just got action on everything. No, I um, I can't get away from Stu even if I could. No, you couldn't. Because he resides about, about two blocks away from my work and we serve alcohol. And I have a very strong liver. So, so uh, yeah, so back from Thanksgiving, we won't get into all the Thanksgiving things because that was like what feels like two months ago and I'm tired of talking Thanksgiving food and all that jazz. It happened. It's over. It's in the past. And we moved on Rob, what you got in what you, what it's Thursday. Yeah. Today's Thursday. What you, how you been? I'm good. My real career (laughs) as of right now has been beat me up. We're just super busy, which is good. Not complaining. I mean, a lot of people have lost their jobs and stuff, so I'm, I'm all good with that. Um, just been super busy lately, which has kind of played a part in why we haven't been able to get on. But it's good to to take a little break right now and talk a little sports, talk a little banter. Who knows what else we'll get into. So I'm looking, been looking forward to today and ready to get into it. For sure. Jeff, how you been, bud? I mean, yeah. I know, but tell the other people. Deflated, but not as bad as a couple of these crazy stories that you hear now with the online betting being rampant and more states allowing it. $100,000 someone put on the Bears money line. They didn't even get good odds on Sunday, plus 320. So that person just, you know, I mean, I thought they looked better, and we'll get into it more. But and they announced that Trubisky is going to start on Sunday. But somebody lost 500K on that Hail Mary in the Eagles game. And I was like, well, I feel better because it was just the first leg of a couple $20 free bet parlays for the weekend for me. But still, that is some big money that that has been going on. So I felt deflated by the Bears, deflated <laughs> by some of the things that have gone on, but not as bad as it could be. And, you know, it's – it's uh, people have been complaining about some blustery, blustery, blustery weather in Tennessee. And I was like, yeah, it's not that cold. And I'm like, that's not snow if it doesn't stick to the ground. That's called a flurry. So that was uh, that was my Mr. Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Uh, Mr. Ro- Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, not Mr. Rogers. Neighborhood, Mr. Rogers. I'll be like, that ain't no snow. <laughs> It's, uh, how depressing is it to be a Bears fan? It's it's absolutely miserable. Brutal. Somebody was talking about 
28 years the Packers have had two quarterbacks. And then we were looking up, you know, like some of the stuff like people complain, like I got family in Pittsburgh, people complain, you know, about Big Ben and stuff. Big Ben's been there for 15 years. 15 years, and they're undefeated in year 15, probably. The um, I heard an interesting stat. You see Jets fans and how deflated they are because the Jets are terrible. But in the last 20 years, the Jets have been to the playoffs more than the Bears. (laughs) But it it just never comes up. The Bears never get lumped in with that bottom-tier franchise. And I don't know how because – it's it's rough, man, and because uh, they they pop up with twelve and four years, you know, every five, twelve and four, thirteen and three, every seven eight years they get they just just enough to stick out of that bottom tier NFL. But if you're watching this team, it's it's just horrible. It's an electric chair every time you go out to see it. I know they they put out the Trubisky starting again, and who cares? I honestly don't know if we're better in a quarterback-wise than the Broncos were this past week. Like, I, I, I don't know how how much worse it can get. Trubisky stinks, full stinks. And I, I still say throw Tyler Bray out there, at least yeah. let him fly it around. Baby. You know they're, not. <laughs> they're, they're getting right. Like, they're cutting cord with Trubisky anyways. So, if the playoffs are out of reach, then just give it – now that's where we're there, at, Rob. <laughs> there's there's some winnable games they could get back in, but you know they're not a playoff team the way it's construed. By the way, without Akeem Hicks, I think Akeem Hicks is one of the top probably 15 players in the whole league. I don't think he gets the love on those fantasy or the NFL rankings. When the Bears do not have Akeem Hicks, they are pretty awful against the run and they don't get consistently any pressure on the quarterback because I believe that he, you know, puts the pressure up, up the middle. And then, you know, that creates, he, he feeds people sacks on the outside, like a Cleo Mack and whatever. And feeds Akeem Hicks is the real deal. And they didn't, I didn't know that he wasn't playing because not being, not listening to Chicago sports talk every, you know, every day, like he used to, I didn't realize that. And then I was like, oh shit. I'm like, as soon as they were like, yeah, Akeem Hicks is out. And I was like, nope. I guess I had too much going on to think about that before I, you know, started sipping some Kool-Aid thinking that, <laughs> hey, if somebody put a hundred grand on it, somebody must know something. No, actually, there's a lot of people with a lot of money that that had a lot of bookies that they don't use people... anymore. It's easier now. And you're going to start hearing these stories. But that wasn't the smarts, the sharps in Vegas. Somebody going, yeah, wait till I see it. I knew it when they said plus 320. I'm like, well, I got it, the money line plus 350 after I heard this. So it, you must not have waited for the line to move or something. So. No, for sure. It's been a crazy week for just, I think, Chicago sports probably. You got the Cubs who are just, looks like they're burning the house down. <laughs> to, As they should. Huh? Yeah, As they, they should. should. I think time has passed. Theo's gone now. Is Theo going to the Mets? Do we think? I'm telling you, I think that he could be the next commissioner of Major League Baseball. I mean, he's done everything else. But if you want to go fix the Mets, I guess. But the Mets don't. Nobody cares about the Mets in New York. Rob is our baseball analyst. What do you think? I wouldn't be shocked if he went to the Mets. I don't want to see it. I can't stand the Mets. (laughs) But Cohen, I mean, this guy Cohen is so rich. 
and he's been a lifelong Mets fan and he's willing to spend apparently everything he's got, which is obviously impossible. That's exaggeration because he's so rich. But if he's, he's willing to spend and you get somebody like Theo in there, you could end up with a Dodger situation where they're willing to pay a bunch of guys. They can also build the farm system at the same time because they're not going to trade for anybody. They're just going to pay them when they become a free agent. So you could, you could run into a situation with the Mets where they have a stacked farm system and they have a bunch of high-level players in their prime. So it's a scary situation. I could see it. I think they'll be competitive regardless just because, I mean, we see it in baseball for the most part, the teams that can spend, you know, throughout their entire roster are going to, are going to be competitive every year. You obviously have the Rays and the athletics and teams like that, that have low payrolls, but they somehow find guys that can get it done. But other than that, if you're not a, a top payroll team, you're usually not that competitive. I think the worst top payroll team ever is probably the Angels. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ever since they signed Pujols and they've always spent money, they're just not any good. They used to be good, but, I mean, they're just not any good anymore. So, yeah, no. I think I think the Mets – I think he could go there. But I like Jeff's theory as well of him. He's kind of done it all. You know, does he want to be commissioner? Does he want to be maybe – I know he didn't play, but I could see him being like head of the players association or something like that. Now he, he, he's from Chicago and lives in Chicago now, I believe, or obviously now, but I don't think, I think he's, huh? I thought he was from Chicago or is he from Boston? He's from the Northeast somewhere. I knew he was from, it's either Boston or Chicago because he went back home and broke a curse. That was one of his big. That was Boston then. I know he went to Harvard. Yeah, and so he's probably from Boston. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, apologies. Uh, he went to Yale, and he's actually from New York. Oh, well, I don't know where I heard that from. So <laughs> strike, strike that from the record. But it would have been way cooler, so he should probably run with my theory. Uh, that just oh, he, you're actually – He was born, but he was raised in Brookline, Mass. I was just okay. about to say. So it went right, all the way wrong. Actually, I was right. So, <laughs> Rob, I – I changed the Wikipedia so that real quick. <laughs> I was gonna so say I didn't report facts. I was gonna say I didn't click quick enough into Wikipedia. I just saw that when you first pull it up, it just said "born New York," and then I didn't. Once I clicked into it, it said what you said, raised in Brookline. So yeah, so, you knew that you knew that you that something was up. I knew something up was it said it was raised Catholic. <laughs> I think I'm on the wrong um, scariest group of individuals in the world <laughs> and I'll say that with both you sitting here um, I was to think of Church of Christ yesterday so someone was coming up oh because my buddy's uh you know the squad is playing for the state championship and they were like they're like I'm like they're playing Lipscomb Academy it's but you know Trent Dilfer's there and they, it's the you know the real secular uh you know it's real strict and, so, and somebody goes, Catholic? I'm going to just start like split my drink out. I was like, no, Catholic is not very strict. It was Church of Christ. <laughs> yes. <laughs> somebody threw out Catholic. I'm like, no, you don't know. You know what I didn't realize about uh, Lipscomb Academy is uh, George Kittle's dad coaches there. And George Kittle actually lives in Nashville. Who would have thunk it? I was watching an interview with him the other day. How did I know that from some weird thing? His brother or something? He, somebody 
Some he lives in 12 South. I, I think the Titans got to try to pull a hometown discount when he he's got a deal coming up soon, doesn't he? Or did he re, or did he get resigned an extension? Pretty good, paid. Well, it's another one. I'll look it up. So Speak. hey, but back to Cohen. So that's like the coolest rich guy thing to do ever, right? Like that's the thing. All us who talk about being super rich, who were athletes growing up and all that, is the coolest thing to do to buy the team you love and like try to bring them back to prominence because everybody talks about it. I mean, I don't know how many times I've said I can run a professional sports franchise and that's any sport that like I even think I could run a hockey one and I don't even know the rules so that's how stupid I am but that guy had the money to actually pull it off so like is is that something that just sounds intriguing or is that too much work if you're that rich no it's no I mean yeah go ahead I I mean you're just the he could just be the money behind it and you hire the right people and then you just sit back and watch him win now, I don't know what type of person he is, but maybe he gets into trouble. He, if he's one of those Jerry Jones types <laughs> where he thinks he knows more than the guys he hired or he hires like yes men or his family, then maybe he gets into trouble and they don't ever really win. But if I'm him, you got the money, you know, and you, you hire the people you want to hire that you know are going to get you to where you want to get. And you just sit back and hopefully collect championships i think you're allowed to say something if they're not performing up to what you feel they should but you just got to be mostly hands off and and uh spend the money and just trust you got the right people and in the right spots to win yeah he i mean i always used to tell people you know you go to the gas station of powerball mega millions whatever is like 180 million dollars in the gas stations and it's like what are you gonna do if you win those and i'm like i'm gonna buy the bears because <laughs> that's what i would i would have done i was just like done break the check and it's but i think that you're right let's look at the ones that have sucked you know daniel snyder way too involved and way too you know noisy nosy jerry jones i give a pass to because he played i believe he won a national championship at arkansas or kansas or something like that something crazy um, Arkansas yeah Arkansas but uh yes yeah, so he knew a little bit and he actually was a played at a high level you know whatever but he was way too involved and it messes with everything um you got I mean there's there's people that are idiots Mark Cuban there's people that are idiots but I don't know if it does Mark Cuban distract the tv or distract the the you know, microscope from his his team when they're doing dumb things, or does he look for the spotlight? I don't know. There's that idiot in Indianapolis that there's always the kids, the kin, where you get a bad, a loose cannon kid that's like a, that's got like yeah, Ursa, Ursa's a moron, <laughs> but he inherited it. You remember there was the 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 woman that inherited it, the Rams. Um, she inherited Cronk Cronkite Cronk Cronky. Um, yeah, Cronky. Well, Stan Cronky is Cronky. Stan Cronky. She was a stripper or something. Like I don't. Know, <laughs> but she was a she was a Looney Tune. It was like the real life major league story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Cleveland team, but she was um, great movie. Yeah, great movie. But she was a Looney Tune. But she sold it to the Walmart. 
family, right? That was a Walmart family owner. I don't even know. But the, usually it's it seems like it's short lived. But hey, what a great investment! Like you can't even lose money. And I mean, I don't know if you buy an MLS team. You know, you're you're probably. <laughs> Probably. I don't know now. Depends on where it's at. Those things. And there was there was some hockey teams that weren't there. I mean, I always tell people the the matrix is about about thirty teams NFL teams make money, about two lose money. And I think that was the Jags, who are owned by that Iranian guy that's rags. Khan. Khan, yeah. So he's got bad Khan. He yeah. wants to get over to London. Yeah, there. He's just waiting for by in time for that. But there, there's about thirty teams in NFL that make money, like. There's no way it's really hard to not make money, but I think there's about about 20 teams in the NBA that make money, and you can't tell me, you can't convince me. Although the Sacramento boys, you know, the casino boys own Sacramento still, I believe, but they they're not losing money a lot, and they got plenty of money to lose. But you can't tell me that some of those basketball teams are making money. And then there's about 10, I think, 10 to 15 major league baseball teams that make money, and then I think it's even less for hockey. Because I know when the Blackhawks were winning, they were saying that they finally got in the black after like the third, uh, the third Stanley Cup, and you're like, "What? It's been sold out for seven years." But they were dumping all the money back into making sure that it was a sustainable thing, as opposed to trying to just take their money and run. So they were doing youth programs and charities and, you know, dumping it all back into the community and it, it worked. It's still a sustainable product and a sustainable profit now, but for like forever, they were in the red forever. So that's, that gives you the insight about where, what a great investment it is to buy like an NFL or even an NBA franchise. No, for sure. I, um, I think a lot of times where you see the least amount of success too is those, well, I don't know, it might be split, but where you see those families who, and that is their life. Like that's their, their uh, income source. They're not uh, diversified or anything. They've, uh, the, I think the bears family, the people who own the bears are, that's what they do, right? They own the bears. That's like their job or the I, the bus family with the Lakers, they're the same way. Like, that's what they do. Speaking no, of... He, has, he Lakers, has a bunch of real estate that he... I believe he owned a bunch of real estate, didn't he? Which one? Bus. I think he did, but I think that's... Because he's gone. It's Jenny now, right? Right. And I think that's what they do. Like, that's their family thing. I mean, I'm sure you own some... You, you can't just... You got to have something else out there, right? If you're, or you just that bored, you know, like, um, because I can't see, like, if the bears are your main source of income, you sh you're not very good at your job. <laughs> like, oh no, that is the that is the greatest return on investment. Uh, Pop Bear House bought them for fifty bucks or something like that. Yeah, dollar franchise fee. That's the greatest investment in the history <laughs> of investments, buddy. Don't don't forget about it. Hundred year investment. And they're so, worth $2 billion now. So speaking of Chicago sports and Chicago anything, me and my wife went into Nashville this week to 312 Pizza and kind of met with them. And they're going to come on and kind of partner with us and help us get this thing out there. Somehow, we, we got a guy who's actually from Chicago, a guy who's from outside of Atlanta, and his family's from Chicago, and then a New York slash outside of Atlanta guy and somehow we've kind of formed into 
this weird hybrid of Chicago sports and everything else podcast. So we figured why not get in bed with uh, some people who also trying to get that type of message out there and their, their food's great. Uh, and I'm not just saying that. Uh, so we, we go down there, get deep dish, do all that kinds of stuff. They're going to come on and we're going to start doing some bears watch parties from there. Probably won't do it this year because that would just be the saddest thing ever. And I, the 50% capacity thing might put us to a stop. Not that I plan on too many people coming out for hey, a Bears watch party. Might, might make us look, <laughs> look like we're, like we're bringing it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, we're going to be recording some stuff from there. Uh, they do the deep dish. They do the tavern style. They got beefs. They got hot dogs. It's all excellent. It's all homemade. Um, yeah, no, it's all organic too. Like it's, you can go eat a deep dish that's healthy. And when I say healthy, not healthy, but it's healthier than the Big Mac you're going to stop and get. So, yeah, check out 312. They're coming on to kind of help us out, get things out there. Hey, if we're talking pizza, guys, what, where, what's your style you lean towards? Rob, what do you got? I mean, they're not going to like this, but, you know, I'm from New York, so I'm <laughs> a thin crust New York style guy. But I like deep dish Chicago pizza I would say you know and hopefully I can make a trip up there and and check it out and and we can all hang out maybe we can do a do live watch show. party baby right um but yeah I love Chicago food I mean I'm a big beef guy and and I do like deep dish so and and you've got a lot of uh overlap there from New York and Chicago mm-hmm. I would say with some of the food so no I'm excited and you know I like that you know, it sounds like they're a small business. So I think in this time, Absolutely. small businesses and restaurants really need support. So, you know, whatever we can do to kind of get, do a little advertising for them, you know, hopefully our base is building a little bit and we can help them out a little bit. And then if they put some signage and stuff up for us. Maybe we'll get some more listeners. So I think it's a good partnership. I like it. No, yeah. The, it, um, the, where I stand is it's called the smog. <laughs> Sausage, mushroom, onion, green pepper. It's a thin crust pizza. And it's what, I mean, if once you turn like 13, 14, nah, maybe 16, that's what you're, that's what you're eating. So, you know, you go from one topping pizza and I was, I wasn't opposed to, we had a place called Garbaldi's when I was growing up in Schaumburg, Streamwood um, area of Hoffman Estates and outside of Chicago and, I was a big fan. Now you go, you go one topping, usually pepperoni. It's either cheese or pepperoni for me with New York style. And you keep it simple because you can't fold all those toppings over. Um, I like a little grease dripping. I'm not opposed to it. And it's very, it's the, it's similar to what Chicagoans call their food staple, which is pizza. And that's thin crust pizza. Mm-hmm. Deep dish is all the pub. Deep dish is a tourist trap. Deep dish is Broadway. Deep dish is for tourists. Deep dishes Broadway in Nashville. Deep dishes Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Deep dishes what people want to eat. Italian beefs, we eat, but you don't eat that. Those are like something you eat twice a month, maybe maybe three times tops. And what you eat is you eat a lot of thin crust pizza, and the smog is where it's at. Sausage, mushroom, onion, green pepper. Um, thin crust the best is they make a good thin crust at 312 
they perf they aerate their crust, which is big for me. I like a little, a little. Um, it's not cornmeal, but it's kind of consistently grainy. I can't remember the. It's a, cer- a certain kind of flour that you're supposed to put on the bottom. You can feel it, it under there when you're eating it. Yeah, they use that. I'm a big fan of that as well. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the pizza. I actually was telling Stu that um, I met, I believe, the, the sister of the owner. Uh, I think about seven eight years ago, a place I was managing back home um, in my hometown and. And uh, I'd heard, you know, from my brother living here 15 years, about 312. I'd never made it out here till I lived here, actually. And then I'd visited both locations. Uh, one was over by my brother, and two said he used to – I actually probably – Stu was probably sitting at the bar during one of the Bears games that we were watching there. But More than likely. Didn't know it before he moved to Pleasant View. But, but yeah, so I'm a big fan. I actually um, – I met Natalie after eating a – a three one two pie before uh, going to we ate probably a smog. I don't, we don't we didn't have time for a deep dish because we were headed to the sound game. But yeah, I got my boy my boy Kirk over lives four blocks away over in Germantown. I love Germantown, so I've been to the, the Germantown location a bunch of times. But um, big fan, love it. You know, you can go watch a, a Chicago sports game. Um, you know, well whether it's the Cubs or the Bears. Uh, are the Hawks and you know have a bunch of people that are like-minded and also shoving their face full also of sad food that they, food that they miss sad that they miss this food from home and but happy that they're they're eating it you know but also sad that the Bears are playing <laughs> that uh, so no and and for people you know we're called the Village Idiot Podcast and that stems from living in the Pleasant View Village, uh, Jeff, formerly me, currently Rob Neverly. Uh, so we, uh, but that that's one cool thing that we talked about doing and, and they're planning on doing with us is actually bringing like a pop-up style restaurant out to the village. We're just going to schedule it and kind of put it on all together, which should be cool for all the people who don't want to go into town. But if you do want to go into town, it's on this side of Nashville for, people from pleasant view so you're really talking 20 25 minute drive it's not bad at all uh so go down there and check them out they're huge in helping us and they're we're gonna get them on here one day my wife's actually gonna get them on just because she's better talking to people that aren't neanderthals i i tend to stick to <laughs> to, to this segment <laughs> so uh my wife will probably talk to them they have an awesome story um just some cool things about how they came up through it and with their family coming into it. So we'll let that them explain that to you. Um, but yeah, so check out 312 on all their socials. They're on everything. Um, that's, that's big for us. To, they're going to help us get our name out there and stuff too. So check them out. And they're a deep dish travels well. So if yes. you're, if you are in Nashville, now get, you got to <laughs> give it time. You got to, you got to time it out. 25 to 25 to 40 minutes probably i don't remember what their time is but i've ordered pizzas to go brought them home a deep dish is better to sit like a turkey or something you want it to sit you're not supposed to cut it there's a really good deep dish back home um some friends of mine opened a deep dish pizza place uh uh and they they kill it they're they're well known for their pizza even in chicagoland of all the suburbs they're one of the best 
but they they say don't cut the pizza the deep dish until you get home They'll, they will cut it for you but they said it'll be better if you don't cut it so you just get it in nashville go home cut it eat it you know you maybe throw it in the microwave or back in the oven for a little bit but it's 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 it travels well so you know, my we got my mom my mom and dad came in to watch cutler not watch cutler highlights but my son who's named cutler um they came in to watch him while we went to the meeting and uh, uh i grabbed my mom once and she's from hammond indiana those people kind of chicago-ish up the there armpit. the armpit <laughs> yeah so that's where okay. my mom is from <laughs> and brought her one home it's still like like jeff said it travels well takes a while to cook so call it in if you don't want to sit there if you want to sit there it's great conversation great beer great sports so check out 312 yeah um but yeah well you'll see more in the future with them and we're, we're just trying to get out there uh so so this weekend guys Got some college football on the slate. We watched Alabama dismantle Auburn. Thank the good Lord. Roll Tide. Without Nick Saban's, I would like to mention. Without Nick Saban. So, I mean. mean, Before the game, you said it didn't matter. Yeah, well, it does matter now that I can use it as a trophy. So, it does matter. (laughs) So, I I have no problem going back on what I said. You're you're an (laughs) Alabama fan that celebrates in-season trophies? Yes. I celebrate all trophies, bro participation trophies no that's not a trophy those are normally ribbons or certificates okay i don't celebrate those i would not i celebrated (laughs) the week after the clemson game that notre dame didn't (laughs) blow their chance or last week which was kind of but trap games as a notre dame fan i can kind of celebrate but i'm not going to talk about celebrating but it's we're still talking about a cakewalk here a coronation i agree Florida's defense isn't going to stop Alabama, wood. but Alabama will stop Kyle Trask. He'll turn it over a couple times. He's already turned, you know, like he's, he's good, but I don't, I don't think this, this, you know, locomotive is going to be derailed or run off the tracks anytime soon. And it's just going to be a talk about a participation trophy <laughs> if Notre Dame makes it. <laughs> to the final against Alabama, we're we're talking about another drubbing, a la 2012, a la Manteo, whatever. But it, that is that is worthy of a participation. That is worthy of something. Brian Kelly has now passed Lou Holtz for number two all time in wins, and he's right on. I think it's Leahy. It's not Canute. It's not Canute Rockney because he didn't coach. They only played like seven game seasons back then. But I think it's Frank Leahy, the great Frank Leahy from from yesteryear, as second all time. Who knew that he had been there? I think it's like twelve years he's been there. Brian Kelly been there twelve. Brian years. Kelly has is one hundred and one wins at, in Notre Dame, at Notre Dame, but he's a jag off, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about it, Rob? Yeah, I mean, to be expected. Uh, you know, I expected Alabama to put up at least forty. Auburn was missing some guys. They're just, they're just not, um, they're just mediocre this year. But I, I was very surprised of the game plan from Gus. We kind of talked about this on Saturday. He just it seemed to me he was just playing not to get blown out and subsequently got blown out. So I, it was just weird. It was a weird situation. It, they had 
seemed like they had no fight in them. They just wanted to get the game over with. The, the way he called the game was weird to me. You know, they ran the ball a lot. Um, they moved the ball okay. But Alabama's defense has gotten pretty good at coming up with some timely turnovers. So I'm still not – I wanted to see – I wish Auburn would have been full speed ahead, pulling out all the tricks, pulling – you know, leaving nothing uncovered so I could, could have got a better gauge on the defense. I do think they've gotten better, a lot better. I don't think we're going to find out how good they are until this week. You're not going to find out. <laughs> right. We're not going to find out this week. And I don't think we're going to find out until the SEC championship against Florida, whose offense is legit. We're going to have a tough time covering Pitts. That's a fact. I don't know if anybody can cover him in the entire nation. So that'll be interesting to see how we can scheme against him. Uh, you would think we just, put a safety over the top against him every play which is a and shame because th wasn't that what Patrick Sertan Jr. was supposed to be able to do when he came in is he disappointing yeah. to you he is to me not this year I mean you're more of a DB guy than yeah. I am I think the last couple of years he didn't we're spoiled right I mean Minka <laughs> Fitzpatrick came in he was a star as a freshman Marlon Humphrey was a star as a freshman you know, we've had guys who just walk into the door and they're immediately number one cover guys. And I think it just took him, you know, he had the pedigree with his dad being a you know, superstar NFL player for maybe not a superstar, but a very good NFL he's player good for, corner, for a long time. Um, I think he's been pretty good this year. Just, you know, from watching him, I'm not all into the DB techniques and all that. I think I saw a stat that he was like number two rating from pro football focus so i'll let the nerds tell me that that he's pretty good i know i know last year trevon diggs was number one and which i think he was a great cover guy where he used to get on my nerves or piss me off was in tackling he was not a good tackler but he's having a great year with the cowboys so but yeah i'm okay with sertan malachi moore is a star in the making he's he's really played that safety position. He's, he's more kind of like Minka Minka's freshman year when they had him at safety or like slot corner or that star position where they're just trying to find a home because he's so talented. You got to get right him out there. So I, and he's been starting since day one. So I think he is going to be the guy over the top against Pitts. Now he's Pitts is a monster, so he's going to need help, but I think we got to bracket him. And I think the other guys we can, you know, we can figure it out. Josh Job is, been a lot better this year so he surprised me so yeah I think like Jeff said it's you know we, we've seen the locomotive it's heading towards the SEC championship I think the Florida game will be a, a good test their defense is still kind of weak but you know the offenses are going to be on full display and Notre Dame I think this Notre Dame team is better than than the 2011-2012 version that got they're you know oh, yeah. curb stomped we'll see um there i don't think anybody's good enough to hold you know alabama under 30 and but you got to be impressed with what notre dame was able to do against north carolina i mean that's a high-powered offense as well um so yeah i think it'll be a better game if they meet than it was that year but i still think obviously still think alabama's the better team because i don't 
Notre Dame's offense is solid, but there's no way they can get in a, a shootout. They would have to – it would have to be a situation like Miami versus Ohio State when that Miami team was unbelievable. What was that, 2003 or four or something like that? That Miami team was unbelievable. And Ohio State – Miami didn't play up to their potential, and Ohio State just – played on defense out of their mind and then they just did enough on offense was it that was ken dorsey wasn't it yeah and that, that's one of the better that, college football teams of all time and that pass interference <laughs> call was just the pass was correct was but wasn't that the jared payton didn't he win like the or was it was that the my year no out? that was mcgahey mcgahey he, he blew his knee out in the national championship oh, and then was frank gore the next year yeah, I mean that's just and when he they were barely just... ever played, and now he's still playing in the NFL. But the, but uh, I agree, Notre Dame wouldn't be able to to score with him. You'd have to have like a Mac Jones blow up, which he hasn't had yet. I don't know if he's going to have it because it's a, it's a system that I don't think that you're. I mean, they're just running for. I mean, look, you've got maybe before, maybe in 2012. Was that right about the start of all of it? No, maybe they had Julio back then. But before Alabama had really talented wide receivers, where they were more known for maybe tight ends and, of course, running backs. Running and before they had that extra element, don't you think that's brought just just crazy, like, it's almost like Big 12 scoring potential. It is Big 12 scoring potential because they've got top skill guys coming out of high school to go to Alabama, which no one ever wanted. You didn't want to go to Alabama and play receiver because you were just going to be lost in the shuffle and you were going to be told to block. How are you going to turn into a pro? Now you've got, you know, you've got a history. You've got Calvin Ridley. You got Julio Jones. You got everybody and their mom has gone in the last 10 or 12 years. So that is an extra element that you can't get, and they're not going to be able to compete with that. The only one that can score with them is Clemson that's left and Ohio State. But Ohio State can't play enough defense. Clemson, I don't know if it's just it's just not their, their year, but Notre Dame is – it's closer. I mean, it's, it's taken this long, though. We've talked about – we talked last week or whatever about building a program at Tennessee. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about maybe possibly trying to how you build a program a little bit later today at Vanderbilt the job now has come open oh it's not just gonna how you don't want to just be a stopover or just a you know hire somebody that obviously can't get the job done but at Notre Dame it took building a program to return to prominence and they're not there yet but they're close they're pretty close like they're talked about I mean they made the playoff they're not if you if you gave me fifteen teams that I would say are the twelve teams that are I said are the would say are the best teams year in and year out in college football, I would now put them back in there. Is that a, is that not a bad assessment? You're going to take Ohio State, you're going to take LSU, Alabama, and whatever Georgia, maybe maybe even Florida. You're going to take like Oklahoma, and you're going to take maybe you know a smattering of other things, but they're in there. Clemson, obviously, but you're you, they're in there. Maybe they're in the top eight, so they've built the program back up, and that's that's something to be you know somewhat proud of. But they're not a like they're not going to they're not going to beat Alabama this year. I don't think. I'd say they're knocking on the door mm-hmm. of like that really, really 
Now, what what would be huge for them is I don't even think it's winning a national title right now. It's playing for it, and I think that definitely has them back in that conversation. Give them that medal, the yeah. second medal. You know that doesn't even say anything. Just the generic one that they buy at the store, and they give you the the participation trophy. Well, it's like the the Sox and the Cubs, right? Uh-huh. That they were down for so many years, and then they just knocked on the door for how many years and then they kind of fall or they finally get over the hump again. And now they're both franchises are considered elite again. Now Cubs about to go South again, but no, I, I think the white they, maybe not. No, I'm Bo Sox. Oh, Bo Sox. Yeah. I think right now, I think right now Notre Dame's a top six program. You can, you can maybe, rotate them in and out with a couple other teams but i think this season their top six program you got the, no, the four big for sure <laughs> the four big ones um well the three big ones alabama clemson ohio state which mm-hmm. every year they're basically i heard somebody say this i don't remember who it is otherwise i give them credit but they're basically they start the season in the playoff mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they have out. They have to lose twice to to um right be to get out of it. It was right. Brandon Walker, Barstool guy. So <laughs> and I thought that was a good analogy. And then you've got those three. This year you've got Notre Dame. You know, historically the past 10 years, you've got Oklahoma. I think you got to keep them in there. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, I mean, who am I missing? LSU last year, and maybe LSU is definitely usually a top eight. They're not this year, but I think, you know, they're young, though. They lost a lot. They'll get back. But it just kind of goes back to the point where maybe they're not a top eight or a top six, because if you're a top eight, top six, top three, you should be able to come back the next season and win some games and not get blown off the map. I mean, they're a 28 point, 29 point underdog this week, defending national champion. Hey, but look, Dave. Hey, I've actually talked to a, a buddy of mine. His brother is a coach there, a strength and conditioning coach. He's been there for four different, uh, four or five different, you know, programs or regimes. And he said that is the craziest thing he's ever seen. He's like, he, he goes, you have COVID outbreaks and injuries. Then on top of it, you know, kids are getting kicked off the team for, for, for weed. He goes, it's been the craziest, like, you know, kicking the groin year, but who, do you care? Like, I don't care if I'm an LSU fan. I don't care because LSU is on that cusp. Like, like Clemson, what Clemson, you know, is in that shuffle. Ohio State's been in there forever. You know, Michigan's been removed. Clemson, Miami's been removed. Clemson has filled a spot. USC has been removed. You know, Oregon pops in for a year. Like, that's how the shuffle goes. Auburn pops in for a year. Georgia's in there for five years, comes back out. You know, that's Notre Dame was gone for 15, 10 years, 15 years. They come back in, then they go back out, then they come back. You know what I mean, Sam? That top eight, top six, but Alabama, you know, Ohio State are always in there. But if you think about it, LSU – was in there for a while, popped back out, popped back in, stays for a long time. But 
I don't care if I'm an LSU fan. If no, if if they get embarrassed by 45, 50 points. I mean, I watched some of that Texas A&M LSU game towards the end, and it's they, they can't score. They can't get a first. Their worst. Their offense is more pitiful than the Bears. I mean, that is a terrible, terrible if, offense, and the defense sucks too. But like I said, yeah. they've had a ton of everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. But do you really care if you're LSU? That had to have been more fun last year than. I mean, that that was a great, great, fun team. I mean, I'm, I really, I've enjoyed watching Joe Burrow before he got hurt. Jefferson, I mean, I drafted him and I was like, who's that? I'm like, are you kidding me? Did you not watch the LSU? He had 47 touchdowns last year. I'm like, this guy's going to be really good. So I, I really think that, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a bloodbath this week which it, it's it's hard saying that it's hard believing that you know what i mean but i really think they're gonna smoke lsu because lsu just can't i don't think they will score 13 points if they had if they wouldn't have lost brennan their offense would be way more competent they were scoring a lot of points before he got hurt and i don't think he's going to play the rest of the season coach o's being wishy-washy about it and he won't give a straight answer but everything i saw is that it's probably a season ender for him and Finley just wasn't ready. It was, it was just odd. He had that huge game, his first game, and he's just he's he's listen. He's a freshman, so he's he's making freshman mistakes. But yeah, they you know they lost a lot of guys, and they always recruit well. And it's just you can't really. I don't think LSU fans care that much. I think they do expect that they're a top five program in the nation. So they're probably at this point, very frustrated, but when you recruit at a high level like that, you're supposed to be able to turn around and churn it. I know everybody's, you know, not Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney and can, can get, get the guys up to speed and motivated, but, and I, and I apologize to the Georgia fans out there. I forgot about them. They're definitely a top five programs so i would say my top to six top five top five top eight top they're six. gatekeepers to the top five they are they are the they're the <laughs> i mean they're the buffer yeah but don't you think that there's lsu if you're an lsu fan you don't expect to be in the top five every year you have for three regimes no they were LSU wasn't that good in the '90s and the '80s, you know. Like you know what I'm saying? But like, they expect to. I guarantee you, they do. There's not that you can't have <laughs> four teams that are good in the in the SEC West. You can't. You cannot have four. Like this is you. Not, this is big football in the SEC West. There is only one team a year, maybe two, tops two that can make the playoffs from the SEC West. So you cannot. You can't lose another game. You can lose one crossover game, and then you can get kept out of the SEC championship because you lost the, the the you know the one division game, and then you can backdoor it in if some other things happen. But you can't be that good every year in the SEC and reside in the SEC West. That's why you, Auburn and LSU have taken turns, and Alabama's there every year. You can be good. You just – I don't think you expect to win it every year if you're LSU and Auburn because of Alabama, but you expect to only lose one or two games. You you can live with losing to Alabama, and you can live with maybe – so they play Alabama, Auburn, and they play Florida as their crossover every year. 
you can live with losing two of those every once in a while, but you do expect to win. You do expect to beat those teams. I'd say the Auburn and Florida, you expect them to probably out of a four year span, you expect to win at least half of those. And with Alabama, I'd say you'd be happy with taking one. And if you take two, you'd be, you'd probably be thrilled if you could split the home and home with them. This year is just, I mean, they've lost, you know, they've lost to some teams that they shouldn't normally lose to. Yeah. They've looked bad. But like I said, I think that there's still the hangover from last year's part. That was, like I said, a fun ride. So I wouldn't have any, you know, I would just be enjoying that. That's like, that's like the Cubs the year after the Cubs won the World Series. I don't remember what they did. Did does, did half the people, no, they're celebrating winning the World Series. You know, the same with the Red Sox. Now, after a couple of years, when it sets in that you should win every year, then you're like, okay, we need to win every year. But the first, you know, run, and it wasn't even the first run for LSU, but like I said, that that was one big party. I think that they're fine with it, but, you know, enough about the SEC West and the LSU. We got to figure out who's going to make the playoff because Kirk – Kirk Herbstreet's in trouble for calling out Michigan. Michigan canceled this game, this week's game against Maryland. If they cancel next was week, right. our state has to find an <laughs> opponent, and they they will. Yeah, he's probably right. And they, they can keep they they can stick it to, you know, they can stick it to old uh, Woody, and twist the knife and keep them out of the Big Ten championship and perhaps the playoff. There's all these weird things going on, but yeah, that was the that was one of the best unders of the week was the Maryland Michigan game, and that got canceled. But how about Ohio State? Maybe five wins, and are they better? Are, the, are they a better candidate uh, than Cincinnati or the winner? The winner of if it's BYU, we just were talking pre-show about um, Liberty Coastal Carolina, which was almost a bat- battle of unbeaten's got canceled because Liberty had an outbreak. Hugh Freeze was, you know, sending COVID via text messages to recruits, and then they brought it into their locker room somehow. But uh, they they had a COVID outbreak, and now they're going to play BYU Coastal Carolina with two unbeatens. I don't think it's enough to get BYU in a playoff, but stranger things have happened. And Ohio State's, you know, we talked about it, the Big Ten. Wisconsin can't even qualify for the other, the other side, so they have to, you know, draw straws on – on the other side of the big 10 um, to see who's going to be in the, in the playoff. And it might be somebody awful or it might be Indiana. It could be Indiana Northwestern in the big 10 championship game. <laughs> How bad is and that? A, no Michael Penix for, for Indiana either. I, I mean, I think we know where I stand on Penix. I think he's average, but it's obviously a big loss for Indiana. They probably don't have much depth at QB. So no, I mean, Ohio State, yes, they are they are a top-four team talent-wise. I just don't see how you could put them in if they've only played five games. I don't either. It, well, if they did, well, how they can is because everybody lo- – the NCAA loves Ohio State. Who are we kidding? I've always yeah, said that. that. So, if they're going to find a way to do it for a team, it's going to be Ohio State. <laughs> they're going to – and they're going to put them in. I mean, they're showing their hand, okay? Mm-hmm. Because in, pre- in previous years, 
a lot of times you might have a team who, oh, well, that team belongs in the top four. But what the committee would do was they'd leave them back and they'd say, okay, well, they've got these games coming up. Right. If they win those games, they'll prove Proven. it. Yeah. And then we'll, they'll, everybody knows they're going to jump in. This year, they're not holding any punches. If they were going by the same metrics that they have in years past, Ohio State would be like six, five. And they'd say, okay, we need Ohio State to play a few more games and then they'll jump in. But this year, they're just saying, you know what? We don't care. They've only played four games. Everyone else has played eight, nine games. We're just going to go ahead and put Ohio State in now, which is basically saying the only thing they can do now is if Ohio State doesn't make the conference championship because of lack of games, the only thing they can say if they don't put them in and they drop them out as well, all along we felt like they were a top four team and they, they were going to make the conference championship. Now that they don't have a conference championship on their resume, we can't put them in. That's their own, that can be their only excuse Otherwise, the Big Ten and Ohio State are going to lose their minds. And, you know, we know how that goes. This, this committee, even though they're a separate entity, they're controlled by the Power Five and the, big, the bigger teams. So th that's their only, th their only excuse is, is them not making the conference championship. And I still think they're going to get bitched at by Ohio State and the Big Ten if they don't put them in. I mean, because they've been in this whole time. We know that it's gotten better through the years, but we know that the Big Ten is nor was normally big, big chief, you know, conference. They they ran things for a long time, and it's kind of that old school. I compare it to the baseball tradition. They don't keep up with the times. They don't know what how the things are evolving, and they get left behind. And so they, they screwed up because they, they didn't allow for, for this to play out in any semblance. They're saying you, they, made a, they made a rule that you have to play six games to be eligible. Well, you're screwing their two, your two best teams out of a chance to make the playoff. Wisconsin and Ohio State are probably your two best teams. Granted, Indiana was probably, but they're in the same division. Now I they think. now neither of them are going to be able to play because you made a rule after you screwed up the whole season. If I was if if Michigan cancels against Ohio State, make them play somebody else, anybody else. Give me a body. I don't care who you play, but if it's six games, now it's six conference games, make them play somebody twice. You got to get Ohio State into the Big Ten championship game to probably ensure that they don't take somebody else. I think they should have to play a SEC team. And to me, it, to me, Jeff, this time it wasn't them being behind the eight ball and not being as progressive as the other conferences. This time it was their arrogance. They think right. they're smarter than everybody else. Oh, we're not going to go along with those hillbillies from the SEC and ACC. Well, guess what? There's smart doctors all over the country. And just because your schools, you know, might be better academically over the, the course of, you know, 100 years, doesn't mean these other doctors don't know what they're talking about. And it's clear that they goofed up. And it's, it's quite clear that how many players and coaches have gotten this thing? Nobody's been hospitalized. Obviously, they're trying to keep it from spreading, you know, among older people with these, you know, younger people spreading it to them. But there's been no hospitalizations. No, nobody's gotten really, really sick. There's been no deaths. And I mean, this thing has got, everybody's gotten it. It seems like 
So they they just screwed up. Are they ever going to admit it? No. But they just they were arrogant and they they lost. And you know, at yeah, the end of the day, it, 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 go ahead, finish that. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, is it a small drop in the bucket if things go back to normal and they're they're going to be right back in it next year? Sure. I don't think it's that much sweat off their back if they miss the playoff just one season, because if next year and they play a normal season, Ohio State's going to be, you know, right back in there. So maybe it's not that big of a loss, but for this season, they, they kind of threw it away with how they acted. I just don't, I don't think that living in the South, you don't understand how locked down it is up North. So mm -hmm. I kind of agree with the way, the way that it has been like, I'm, I'm telling you, I talk to people back home all the time and they are in a literally a state of lockdown. But what do we know? The government's bigger up north, you know, taxes are more, blah, blah, blah. They have supposedly higher cases and everything and higher hospitalizations and all that. But I know more people down here that have gotten it and gotten it seriously or whatever than I had to do up, up back home. And I know a lot more people back home than I do here after living there for 37 years or 35 years and living up here for four. So that that being said, I just think that they, they've screwed up and that now they got to eat crow. And, but why can't you evolve on the fly? You see these college, college football team going across the country and logistically is a nightmare. So Coastal Carolina and BYU are going to play on two days notice with, no, I mean, I know scouting and everything, you can do that, but cramming for a game, that means they're playing, they see in, they see a window, they see a, some daylight and they're going to try and take advantage of it because they're going to try and get in that, you know, that New Year's or whatever the. Where are they playing at? It's Probably at Coastal. Coastal. So that's how they're doing it. They're BYU. playing in DJ's backyard. Well, BYU will be socially distant on their bike ride to Coastal Carolina. That's how we'll do it. You know that you know, DJ is a Coastal Carolina guy. I believe it's in Myrtle Beach. Oh, yeah, Coastal, he's, yeah. He, he went to Coastal, yeah. So they're playing on the beach in Myrtle Beach. The Mormons are taking over Myrtle Beach. You know, it's they're going to be, be so going to be a party. I'll be so sweaty in those Blues Brothers suits without the jackets. Shout out. <laughs> shout out my buddy, Jim, that I went to college with. He's the golf coach at Coastal. Shout out, Jim. Shout yeah. out, Jim. <laughs> Jim's probably crushed some beers with DJ, I'm guessing. Trying to – do I know Jim? Quite possibly. No, I don't think you ever met him, Stuart. He – me and him were in the same program at Trying to college. Think. And he graduated, I think, a year before me or a semester before me. I only hung out with him a few times, um, like, outside of school. Cool dude. I know though, a different man. Jim. Yeah, you know Big Jim from yeah. Georgia. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, different Boy, guys. Do I. <laughs> he's not a, he's not a uh, golf coach. No, no. Um, anyways. What about but, uh, another, pro, another situation that is in disarray that needs fixing, and that is Vanderbilt. <laughs> Anytime that we can make a cheap Jay Cutler reference, usually Stu is going to take best quarterback in the history. I was actually brainstorming. About, <laughs> they were talking about it on Sports Talk Radio locally 
and they were ranking the SEC jobs. And they said, look, after you get through the five or six programs that can win the national championship, Auburn, LSU, Alabama, Florida, uh, Georgia, and I think they put Tennessee as possibly because they've won one. So they said after those jobs, the best job is living in Nashville and coaching Vanderbilt with low expectations. And, you know, uh, they said it's the, probably the best city to be, you know, to reside in. And I was like, hmm. I'm like, who would, who, could we put, who can we put in there? Because, you know, like James Franklin obviously used that as a stepping stone. You either have to get the retread. You got to get James Franklin back after he gets fired from Penn State. Or you got to get the person like we talked about last week with Pat Fitzgerald building a program or a Kirk Friends or whatever that you get and they just stay there and they camp out. And who camps out in in uh, Nashville other than Jay Cutler? And who would be a great players coach and just not really care, like nobody really cares about Vanderbilt anyways, and would be a perfect fit? Jay Cutler. That is perfect. And I, first of all, I think I see a a merge opportunity right there with like Mason with the alligator mouth to Cutler. (laughs) That's a great t-shirt right there. Um, But the, is so you heard that you came up with this scenario. No, I came up with it. Okay. All right. I was they like, did you? Ranking. They were talking about it. And I was like, that's right. He did get fired. And I'm like, eh, who are they going to get next? And I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. Oh, but, so Derek Mason got canned? Yeah, he got yeah. canned. Oh, so yeah, I, that's how little I pay that's attention to Vanderbilt football. They don't even, we don't have enough TVs to put Vanderbilt games on. It, and you can't even find it. It's on like SEC plus plus. <laughs> it was a 11 o'clock game. It was a clear news dump by Vandy. They <laughs> they had all the news surrounding the the woman the woman kicker, yeah. and then they just oh yeah by the way oh, they yeah. fired Derek Mason. That was that was a nice play by Vandy. Those guys are smart over there. You can't take that from them. But no, yeah. I mean that's that's great. You got Jay who is he's putting butts in the seats right at Vanderbilt. People are coming to watch that. That's must see. Yeah, they are. That's must see television. You're you you want to. He clearly, there's one guy you have you would have to compare him to, right? With like what he would be in Nashville, and and would he not be so similar to the Lane Train in Nashville, like out perusing the bars? Like I'm saying, yeah. For one, I I go just to see where he wants to, where he's going to end up afterwards. Afterwards, yeah. I want to, you know, midway through the fourth when they're getting trounced. He just heads over to Ten Roof or something. He's like, screw this, you know. <laughs> just kneel at the rest of the game. Or does he just send seven-step dropbacks to the quarterback every single time and only recruit tall guys with strong arms? <laughs> he's the guy he's... kicked out early so he could go to the bar. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely getting his playbook off of Madden. <laughs> I don't know if he's that patient. Like, I – and the problem, the reason you would never see that is because I, I genuinely don't think he likes football. <laughs> but I, I still keep up. I still keep up with him quite a bit, which brings us to, he was in the streets this past week with a former former employee of one Kristen Cavalieri. You know, just just throwing some shade out there, but Kristen's not welcome in Nashville. She's banned. As far as I'm concerned, she's also banned in Chicago, from what I hear. 
for treating her boy wrong. But, you know, Jay stays in the streets. He stays in the news, and none of it ever has anything to do with football. He did. He had the little stint where he did the interview with the Pardon My Take guys, and he got in a beef with the U.S. Olympic team handball team for <laughs> saying that he could form a team handball team that could beat them and also win gold, which – can we talk? I don't know if he's necessarily wrong. <laughs> no, no. If, if the you, guys who play handball, <laughs> no, no, no disrespect to the men's Olympic handball <laughs> team, but um, listen, if he was able to get some professional athletes together and they could practice for a few months at handball, they would probably win. He's throwing Stu, lasers. <laughs> Stu, come on that guy we played basketball against in high school, John Kelly, solid basketball player, high school wise. Wasn't he on like the Olympic he or was Pan a, Olympic uh, handball team? Pan American games handball team. Uh, went to play handball at the University of the South on Mont Eagle, which I wonder if they've changed the name of that university. <laughs> there you so, go. So that just tells the story that yes, professional athletes, could beat the Olympic handball well, team. He even said it in the interview. He's like, they put the old guy at goalie in handball, and I'm just going to throw missiles at the guy. <laughs> like, so uh, that would be interesting. He was also in the news this week because Devin Hester ran his mouth again, saying Jay Cutler was the worst leader that he's ever been around. And, and, for, for Vanderbilt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, Devin Hester, who, who cares what Devin Hester says, right? You're returning. Hey, Devin Hester didn't say four words the whole time he was in Chicago, and he, he was a He was the goat. He never spoke. He complained about not getting the ball. He didn't no, have a position. Into that, that never made any. That doesn't mean he didn't do it. That was the reporters <laughs> still had the the recorders in the locker room, and they would just erase it to go talk <laughs> to somebody else. I'm not saying he's not a legend and one of the most electric players ever in the NFL, but. The guy was his, his position was returner. I, I don't disagree. I think Dante Hall has an argument, and Deion Sanders. But you know how many times I almost, you know, like relieved myself because <laughs> I was holding it in so hard because he had a punt. Like you could not go to the bathroom. Did they play Soldier Boy when he came out. Yeah, they couldn't. You couldn't go to the bathroom because normally a punt. You run to the bathroom and you are back by the first play. You're you're walking back to your seats the first play. I had season tickets for ten years. I was you you planned ahead for the fact that Devin Hester you could not you were gonna miss you know history you're gonna miss one of the best plays of the season if you ran to the bathroom when you normally would when there's no crowds there's no line not at the quarter not at the half you used to go all right, watch this third and 28. I'm going to walk down to the, to the concourse, watch the rest of the play. And then when they punt, I'm going. And then over the break, I'll be back. Boom. I'm watching the play while I'm walking back to my seat. Devin Hester changed all of that. He, was, now, he revolutionized the game. Well, I don't disagree with you fully. I don't think he necessarily revolutionized it because I don't think that exist without Deion Sanders returning punts like that Devin Hester probably isn't 
as flamboyant if he never sees Dion. No, they're kind of one in the same when you go to those regards. And and I'll give Devin Hester props. He did say Jay had the strongest arm, the most talent. He just didn't ever seem like he wanted to be there. <laughs> so, which kind of I feel like would be the vibe if he took over at Vanderbilt, right? You'd be like, this guy can probably get us over the hump, probably be a hell of a recruiter, but really just doesn't care. <laughs> that's why it would be a disaster but i mean i'm here i mean i'm here for it but he just wouldn't care he'd be reality he'd, show he would have this like three-year contract and after six months he'd be like you know what i'm gonna go ahead and opt out i don't i don't want to do this anymore I'd rather hunt. <laughs> yeah no i mean i think that would be like he would be like uh i was just actually just trying to get the basketball job yeah, you know, I was just trying to do, do this till, till the basketball job opened up. I actually, like he, basketball better. He does play hoops every morning at the Green Hills YMCA, and he's supposedly a stud. So, um, yeah, but that, that would, I think, a reality show following that. Like, if MTV picked it up back up and was like two a days, brought two a days back with Jay Cutler taking over the Vanderbilt program. That'd be epic. so. Can you imagine his recruiting trips? <laughs> this this question is not for Stu because I know he's going to be. I know what his answer is going to be. But Jeff, <laughs> Devin Hester or Jay Cutler in Chicago? Who who is more beloved? Oh, absolutely. By the Chicago people, absolutely Devin Hester. Mm-hmm. So now he that whole wide receiver experiment. Like, I don't even remember. I think I remember him being high-pitched, like Mike Tyson almost high-pitched talking. But I'm trying to think of a quote. Like, you don't ever – he never got commercials or anything. Like, I don't – he never got any – I don't think he's the brightest, you know, brightest light in the uh, – He's playing pool in the interview. But he he's a good dude. Like, I remember him – everybody saying that he's a good dude. But he was absolutely more beloved. And Jay Cutler, like I said, everyone, Jay Cutler lost me when he was the exercise bike NFC championship game. It was negative 25 degrees or playing the Packers. Don't even go back on the sidelines and act like you might come back in the game because you just, you blew it there. Like he had his chance and it was close and he could have been, you know, he could have been, they had Jim McMahon do the intro. Jim McMahon's a, the biggest jag his kids went to my dad's high school he did the commencement speech speech at the high school um and my dad's like dude everybody says jim mcmahon no jim mcmahon is basically brain dead so that i give him a little break but jim mcmahon is supposedly you know kind of an ass but he did the intro still 35 years later what are we talking about 1985 yeah 35 years later Jim McMahon's doing the intro to Bears Packers. Jay Cutler was close, but Jay Cutler needed to, and I don't know. I mean, he get he got murdered, and he would get back up. But the one time that he didn't, basically, there was two times. The one time, time his leg was falling off, yeah. One time they, they benched him because <laughs> he had nine sacks in the first half against the Giants. <laughs> I think it was nine. And they're like, we're not trying for your own health. <laughs> Smart. And no one got on him about that. And he was tough. 
I will give him that. But he didn't. He went on the on the bike, and he should have just went to locker room, and never come back. They should have just taken him to the hospital, or said they were going to take him to the hospital. He should have never come back in when it was t- minus twenty degrees, and I'm at the game, and it's the NFC Championship game against the Packers. When you could have kept them out of the playoffs by just beating them, and he did one of his Jay Cutler things, and they lost like ten six. He threw a pick at like the ten yard line to keep them out of the playoffs. They were the sixth seed, and the Bears were, I think, the two seed. If they would have kept him out of the playoffs. They would have not been in that situation, and then he gets hurt. That's when they lost him, and he's never – Jay Cutler's never – he's got a cult following, but only because of people like Smokey Jay Don't Care and for things that, like, Stu reveres him for, and I revere him for. But he had all the talent, and I remember where I was when they traded for him. I remember getting a phone call when I found out from a buddy that was just as excited as me. And we were all about it. And it was just like the rest of them. It was a, it was just a, you know, a dumpster fire in the end, but absolutely. Devin Hester is more revered. Yeah. I, I would even pick that in like, I, Chicago loves Devin Hester. There's, there's no doubt about that. And I, they love Jay Cutler more now, obviously mm-hmm. than they did when he played. And I think there is something to be said for what's happened since he's been there. And it's, Kind of like, damn, it was bad, but was it, <laughs> you know, was it this bad? Yeah, it, it so it, it was pretty bad at times, but there, there were some more. He still owns 14 records in the, in the book. So one of them, most interceptions by one player, probably, D'Angelo. probably. Yeah. And the best part about that after the game, he said, I throw at him six more times. He sucks. That's and that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Like that's awesome, but yeah. So that's that's probably enough Jay Cutler talk. We can call that's like a Nashville slash. We don't have a Jay, I'm surprised we haven't had a Jay Cutler episode where we. Just I will. I'm in. Who was <laughs> who was that corner? Was it D'Angelo from the Falcons? No, no uh, he was well, on he the Redskins at the time. Oh, he does suck. What about when? What about when DeAndre Hopkins ragdolled him in? A few weeks ago, we were talking about training camp fights, and you know, when the two teams will scrimmage each oh, other, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins just well, he he juked him like he was abusing him, and then D'Angelo Hall tried to like get in his face, and DeAndre Hopkins just ragdolled him. It was, it was great. Was, that guy was that was before uh DeAndre Hopkins was even like nuke, like he was just kind of coming on the scene. And I was listening to Will Compton talk about that because. He was on the R words at the time. And um, he was saying that he was making fun of DeAndre Hopkins at, during that practice, too. So basically, like the whole team was getting at DeAndre Hopkins because apparently they thought D'Angelo Hall was some type of leader or something. So they all followed him, which says everything you need to know about that franchise because that guy stunk. Um, yeah, and he was saying that he was picking at him too. And right before the end, he didn't realize who it was because nobody really had a clue how good that dude was going to be someday. Is is DeAndre Hopkins like the best receiver in the game right now? He's up there, right? He lost me up uh, something last week. He, he, you look at his stats, it's kind of all all over the place because Kyler Murray is the number one fantasy quarterback in my league. And I, I own him, but DeAndre Hopkins has like some games where he just disappears. So, I mean, I think he is skill wise, but 
but I don't think they he's having the season that you would think he is, if that makes sense. He's had some big games. He had the the Hail Murray catch, but he hasn't he has some games where he just doesn't they just don't they don't feature him that much or I don't know how many targets he gets, but he doesn't have that many catches and he doesn't have that many yards. Should should I we think have... Ky- go ahead, bro. I think Kyler's top fantasy QB because he runs so much. He looks like a running back. <laughs> like he's build everything. He, it just screams running back. It, it, they play like a style of football that is peewee pound football. Okay, we got this guy. <laughs> We're going to put him back there and, and just let him go to work. And um, I, I, it's actually pretty fun to watch. It's kind of yeah. refreshing. Um, should we have an all-time shit talker worst player draft? Like best shit talker, but terrible at what they did. <laughs> I think that's a lot of kind of funny. <laughs> there's a lot of those guys because you have so many guys that were just like Tyron Lou <laughs> on the team because they talked shit. They were a pest, and that was pretty much it. Well, who who's the dude for New Orleans now? What twenty two? The guy that got in the fight in the Bears. Yeah. Gard- Gardner Johnson. The one who has Michael Thomas ready to leave. <laughs> like, it's like, dude, shut your mouth. You're the only dude who gets – because they actually have a very good defense, the Saints do, and he's probably the weak link. He's just got that mouth. Um, how, about, how about that that game? <laughs> I, I love it. They People are like, well, what, I think we have the – there's another one. The NFL didn't – people are saying they should go to the bubble now. The NFL is probably in a little bit of a pickle with going forward. What are they going to do? Are they going to have to, you know, have some teams not play full seasons? But with seven, with adding that seventh playoff team to each conference, that's going to be a tough situation because there's going to be so many more teams involved than would normally be. I think the NFL – There are a lot of teams involved normally. I think the NFL will find a way to be like one of the first people to get the vaccines. Like say they're essential or something just because they're all stupid. They are pretty much essential. I mean, I mean, they're keeping life going. I don't care what the, the, that's driving the economy, online sports betting, all kinds of things. It'll be the same thing that sinks it, but it's driving it right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I just really think that they, that like that game though, the, they were trying to activate their assistant coaches that because they knew the playbook and they the, and they were college quarterbacks or whatever. That's awesome. That was, but it was awful to make them. <laughs> play with that. You can't delay it, like. But I guess they didn't have enough time. But let the let them activate the guy off the street at least because he would have been a better product. One for nine. I mean, Taysom Hill only had seventy two yards passing, and they smoked him like. That had to have been just an awful game. I think it would be more fun now if they just, like, quit delaying the games. The people who are positive, they're out. You got to play with what you got. <laughs> you got to – I think that'd be more fun. And I think in years to come, you'd look back and see that – well, remember when so like, the third-string running back had to play quarterback like that – I think that would be hilarious to watch. The replacements. It was yeah. a strike, like a strike. Yeah. Or all of a sudden my man Cutler gets back in for one one game. <laughs> they should have called him. <laughs> no, I think that'd be real cool. So um 
we're about out of time. Uh, we actually were probably out of time about 10 minutes ago, but I'm terrible at watching the clock. So y'all got any quick picks y'all want to throw out there? Anything like that? Or we can try to do it again Friday. Y'all get some gimmicks up. I'll put the video out. I don't know, Rob, if you looked at that stuff, I, I like this this slate, um, college football slate, um, but it's so fluid right now with teams can't, games getting canceled and stuff. Um, uh, UT I'm in Florida, I like, I like the over. Um, like UT, I like Florida, even though they're giving a bunch. Clemson in the over. I like Clemson in the over last week. That came in. Louisiana Lafayette is undefeated they got a low low number um i think it's 51 or something like that like the over there and then a&m mizzou money line against arkansas and then a&m is i think giving six for uh they're at auburn which you got to believe it that they're gonna beat auburn but they kind of let lsu stick in it down in down in Baton Rouge, I believe, last week. So those are OK State over in TCU they're playing. That's got to be an over. And then Ohio State, I think, is going to trounce Michigan State, even though Michigan State's had showed up a couple times. Um, but that was that was what I saw. I don't know about you, Rob. Yeah, I'm interested. I want to see where they set the line on this coastal BYU game. Um, it could be interesting possibly an interesting money line situation. I'm assuming that uh, I don't know who's going to be favored. That line's going to be interesting because Coastal's at home. But you got to think BYU's probably – they got to be higher in the rankings. I haven't paid much attention to, like, the rankings past six. But I'm assuming BYU's higher in the rankings as well. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see where that line's at. It'll be interesting to see if BYU is uh, – is a road favorite um, and, and see how many points it is. I agree with you on the Ohio state. I think they have to um, showboat just in case they don't make it to the championship. So I don't know what the line is on that one. I'm looking at it now, 20, 24 points. I think that's, I think they cover that pretty easy. Um, yeah. Other than that, probably need a few more, a couple more days to look at it, but, uh, let's see. But the, uh, you know, the game that got canceled, I believe, was our Cincinnati Bearcats. And the, was it, were they playing the Tulsa? Were they supposed to play Tulsa this week? They had one that more. Got, got that canceled. got canceled last week. Okay. Tulsa's playing Navy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what and I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if Tulsa's going to have their QB back. So I think that's a good underplay as well. Tulsa. <laughs> yeah. That's a good play for Tulsa. Leave that Tulsa, finger in there. Leave Scott Bakula in. Yeah, because Tulsa starts slow. They have all season, and Navy's just going to run the ball. So I could see that one going under. And second half line on that one. Take Tulsa giving yeah. 50 in the second half. Kentucky, South Carolina, I could see that game going under. Under. 40, 47 and a half, so. But that's uh, that game. I think needed Cincinnati needed that game. You know, I think Cincinnati needed that game to showcase they need another. Like if I was if I was Cincinnati and BYU, I would play an elimination game 
just because there's that one sliver, the U, you know, everybody lost out out in the Pac-12. Is USC still holding on undefeated? I don't know if they lost, but Oregon lost. They lost the Civil War. So there is, but they don't want to put USC in anyways. There is that little tidbit. And I had no idea that logistically you could schedule a game with two days notice or three days notice in college football and division one college football. But if they can do that, absolutely. Cincinnati and BYU should play and say to each other, look, whoever loses is out, but whoever wins might get in. They've got Cincinnati seven right now in the rankings. So there's, I'm looking, I'm looking at Tulsa's schedule and right now they have Cincinnati at the bottom replaying or replaying that game on December 12th which would be next weekend so we'll see if they get it in this Navy game actually got postponed and they they're replaying it this weekend and it looks like they're going to replay since uh Cincinnati next weekend and so that'll be interesting I think that they like you said they need to make that happen because Cincinnati definitely needs to make it happen they need a another top 25 win I think well, well, I think that's about it for us. I did some just came across that we're going to have to talk about next week, and it's the fact that the Houston Rockets are going to trade Russell okay. Westbrook for John Wall. Like, <laughs> well, you might yeah. they're, they're like the same. Bird. What are you doing? <laughs> it's the it's the Spider Man gif where they're just pointing at each other. <laughs> yeah, two Spider Man. That's exactly what it is. So that that's interesting. Leave it to <laughs> the Washington Wizards and the Houston Rockets to still find a way to be bad with two perennial, actually two Hall of Famers. Both will, both will go down in the Hall of Fame. But, yeah, that's about it for us. Um, check us out at the villageidiotpv.com. We do have actual videos going up there now, so it's pretty cool. I learned to make videos. Nobody else learned how to write anything, but I still learn to make videos because that's what I do. You know, got got big shoulders. You know, it's, they've gotten bigger over the years. Uh, so yeah, check out three one two pizza as well. I'm on your hands. This guy, yeah. me. Oh no, you're right there. You're right there. I mean, I, I did post a video last night of Cutler, my Cutler. Yes, my kid's named after the greatest quarterback of all time. I will forever mention that. But he decided he wants to be the ultimate warrior forever. And on the Instagram last night, he made me play the music. And he does his whole entrance and I posted it and I couldn't sleep well last night because he does it very violently. So I'm not sure if defects might come after me or not. Cause if you remember the warrior, when he grabbed the ropes, mm -hmm. he just go crazy and shake his head. So my kid's doing that and it is very aggressive. So, so hopefully the right people or the wrong people don't see that. Anyways, I get a good kick out of it. He enjoys it. Um, he does enjoy it because we didn't talk about the the exhibition fight between oh yeah and, and your boy Tyson Jr. <laughs> that oh, was horrible <laughs> but I came over and watched it and Cutler was just doing nothing but intros for his <laughs> wrestling collection yeah. Robbie well, knows all the intros it was a pretty prominent that's uh, awesome <laughs> So, no, but that, that's it for us. Yeah, check us out at villageidiotpv.com. We'll get this posted today, and we'll be back with you regular time. We're going to do a Monday one and a Thursday one, and we'll work out the logistics on that. Um, but y'all have a good weekend. Everybody stay safe out there. Enjoy the weekend. See ya. See ya.